This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. Holy Spirit, you are welcome to guide and direct the ministry of your word today. After all, if you don't bring revelation, then ultimately what we read is hidden to us. Would you please teach us so that we can be effective witnesses for you? I pray that you would guide and direct, that we would hear, and that I would be able to speak the things that you desire for us to grasp today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and as I've mentioned to you before, I just want to encourage you, bring your Bible with you to church, friends. It's very important. Uh, hopefully you didn't come just to hear me speak, but to hear God speak. And so you need God's Word always at the ready. So be sure to bring your Bibles with you to church. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything that you do because you are his dear children we could actually stop right there uh, because that kind of covers it all but God knows that we need a little bit more detail and so we're given more but here's the summary friends is that every single thing that we do must represent the one who has redeemed us and that's what I want to talk to you about about living in the light the scripture tells us that when Jesus came, that many rejected him. They didn't reject him because he didn't do good things, because the book of John tells us that if everything were written down, there wouldn't be enough books to contain what Jesus did. So the fact that he was rejected was not because he didn't do good things. It was also not because he wasn't kind to people, because he was very merciful. He was very kind. In fact, as he ministered, uh, lives were changed and transformed by not only the power of the message, but by his own life living that out as he spoke it and as he lived it. The scripture tells us in verse 2 that we are to live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God goes on to say, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. 
It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Jesus came. He came unto his own, and his own rejected him. And he told us exactly why. He said that light had come into the world, but men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And if they would have allowed the work of the Holy Spirit in their heart, there would have been a transformation. But they desired to continue to do the things that they were doing. And because of that, they avoided the light. Now, we can think about that and consider the people who are lost, those who do not know Christ. We talked about that last week, that we are called to be those who shine for Jesus, that we are to take our light and we are to shine it in our workplaces, in our homes, in our communities. And we need not complicate the method of presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. We simply allow Jesus to shine through us. The Holy Spirit gives us the words that we need to say at just the right time. If we truly believe that the Holy Spirit lives in us, then we need to rely on him to guide us for specific instances when we need to speak, for specific instances when we need to be quiet, and we need to rely on him that when we speak what he has told us to speak, that the power of the living God will minister through the words that we are speaking. And as we do that, we are going to represent Christ. We also talked about how the Apostle Paul said, what good is it if I preach the gospel to others, but I myself am a castaway? And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. We talked about presenting the gospel, and that's wonderful. We need to do that. We need to be a missions-minded church as it relates to getting the gospel to the world. But so often now we see the world coming to us as you're going to hear tonight and as, uh, as Tom shared with us about uh, the opportunities that God has provided to be able to bring the good news to those who are coming to our shores. But there's a very important component that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to every one of us is the importance of the light that we present as to the words that we share making sure that we rightly divide the word of truth and that we communicate this message to others who do not know the gospel is very important. But the potency of the message that you are bringing in many ways has to do with the way that you are living out the gospel yourself. You are called by God to live as children of light. And here's the reality, friends, is that you and I have the choice whether or not, while we claim to be walking in the light, to dabble in the darkness. And what the Lord has encouraged me to share with you this morning is a warning, a gentle warning, but a warning nonetheless. Don't dabble in the darkness. You have no business dabbling with darkness. And you may say, oh, but pastor, I wouldn't see how we as followers of Jesus could dabble in the darkness. And yet, there are so many temptations for us 
as believers to dabble in the darkness. At the church I was pastoring before, there was a person who uh, came to me and shared uh, with me that their uh, young child was having nightmares on a regular basis, was living in fear, would wake up and would uh, deal with these uh, terrible terrors of nightmares. And so uh, I said, well, for sure we're going to pray. But then I, I, I always try to be led of the Holy Spirit because prayer is important, but you also need to know the source. Because if, a, if, a, if the root issue is not dealt with, then it's not going to be fully resolved. And so I said, well, what, what kind of things do you allow to be shown in your home? Do you allow horror movies or things like that? Oh yeah, from time to time we'll watch some horror movies. And I told the person, I said, so let me just make this clear. You're asking God to relieve your child from the results of what you are opening the door to allow into your home of your own choosing. And then you want God to deal with the consequences and to remove them. And I, I was very frank with them. I said, until you close that door, you are not going to effectively deal with this problem. We cannot, on the one hand, allow the enemy in, and on the other hand, say, oh God, would you spare me from the effects of the enemy? We have to be very careful of that. Because as we choose to dabble in the darkness, it compromises our presentation of the light that we are representing. So as soul winners, as those whom God has called to take the wonderful message of the gospel to those who need to hear it, you and I have been empowered by the Spirit of God, but we need to walk full of the Spirit. And oftentimes when I'm choosing what I'm going to allow in my eyes and in my ears, I have to ask myself the question, would I feel comfortable allowing Jesus to listen to this or to watch this with me? Now, when I was young, and this was during a time when I really hadn't really fully committed my heart to Christ. This was before I came to the youth group, uh, Pastor Tom. But I had gone out and uh, we, you know, as kids, um, my mom had no problem with it. We were all dressed up in... Halloween costumes going from door to door and doing trick-or-treating and things like that. And, of course, you choose your costume to be able to impress the people that you're going to uh, do your door-to-door -door stuff. And so I had, uh, I forget exactly what I, um, what I fully decked out in, but it was some kind of mummy thing, you know, representing death and, you know, pieces of this hanging off of here and went to the store and got these little, you know, things that you can put on your face and make your skin look like it's all torn up and stuff like that. And, um, and then as I, as I began to walk seriously with Christ, what the Lord began to do a work in my heart was simply this. The darkness of death and evil was what I've been rescued from. It was that that put Christ on the cross. Why would I want 
to have fun with something that crucified our Lord. And I tell you, friends, the world makes things look cute and pretty. And yet, the source of it is the enemy. We have to be very careful about what we do in dabbling in the darkness. I haven't been involved in that kind of a celebration since, and I don't intend on it. Now, you may say, well, it's for the kids and they get candy and, uh, you know, all these kinds of things. But here, let me tell you something. It's very important that what you celebrate brings glory to God. That's very important. Let's not dabble in the darkness because that's what we have been rescued from. From the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Now, the Bible tells us that every day is the day the Lord has made. So in essence, no matter what situation or circumstance we find ourselves in, we have the freedom to enjoy. In fact, the Apostle Paul made this analogy. The Apostle Paul said, if anything is offered to you to eat, eat it freely, except if it has been told to you that it's been offered to an idol. In that case, out of conscience, turn away from that food. So we may be able to enjoy all kinds of celebrations, but whenever something is pinpointed at darkness, we need to push it away. Now, if we're concerned about how much candy our kids have, uh, there's plenty of other opportunities to give candy to your kids. And you can enjoy all kinds of things, but let's make sure that we point what we do to Christ, the one who is the light. You know, and as I see some of these things that represent darkness and death all around, I think about what it'll be like in heaven when all of the darkness will be gone, when we will be able to enjoy the presence of God forever. And that's what I want to experience. I want to experience a bit of that down here. And so in no way do I want to invite the enemy in the back door and then try to shove him out the front door. But we want to, we want to be faithful in how we live our lives. Now that goes across the board to many things. Friends, there's many open opportunities that we have. Men have certain temptations. Women have certain temptations that are unique. But I want to challenge you. If we are going to be a missions church, it's not going to be primarily represented by how much we give to missions. That's a good thing. But when we get to heaven, God's not primarily going to say, how much money did you give to get my gospel around the world? God is more interested in you living out the message of the gospel in your presentation of the gospel. Jesus is expecting us to live out what we believe. And our giving is going to follow suit. The scripture says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So if your heart is to get the, the gospel to the lost, your money is just going to follow suit. Your calendar is going to follow suit. All of the things that are, are critical in prioritizing are going to follow suit. But make sure that you're not dabbling in the darkness. 
because what that's going to do is it's going to compromise. It actually takes away the boldness that you'll have to present the message of the gospel. And I have found that times that I have compromised even in a little bit, I've had to come to God and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for that. And I choose to do, honor you with what I see, with what I hear. And you know what happens? There's a boldness that comes back. Because if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we are going to be a missions-minded church, I want you to give to missions. But more than money, I want you to give your life to what God has called you to do in representing him well. God has called us to be children of the light. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Praise God for that. We have been redeemed because of what he has done for us. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. See, our God is a God of light. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. God has called us to reflect his character. And so, as we take our lamp, as we're told to in Luke chapter 11, and to put it high on a stand so that it can be seen by all who enter the house, that light that we are shining is not our own, but it is Jesus Christ. And as we shine that light, we must live in line with the light that we are shining. Jesus said in verse 34 of Luke chapter 11, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight were filling you with light. The light of the gospel, the light of Christ, desires not only to shine through us, but to be resident in us every single day. Saul, who was transformed by the power of God, he came face to face with a Jewish sorcerer in Acts chapter 13. And this person presented himself as the power of God. But Saul, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, looked at this sorcerer in his eye, and he said, You son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud and enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the ways of the Lord? 
Watch now, for the Lord has his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. And instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. Because of God's grace upon this man, his eyesight was removed for him to have a taste of what it is to walk around in darkness. Because he was presenting himself as a shiner of light when actually the light that was in him was darkness. And so the Apostle Paul said, you will not be able to see for a period of time. And instantly he lost his sight. We talk about blind people seeing. Well, here's where we see seeing people being made blind. Because God's more interested in our heart than in our exterior. And God's more interested in you being able to have a, a life that is filled with his light. Then for everybody around you to think, well, that person looks like they're living a good life. It looks like the light is shining through them. They dress quite well enough. But God sees through the outside and he sees into the heart. My friend, he knows everything that happens in the corners of your life. When no one else is around, when your spouse is not around, when your kids aren't around, and the things that you may be tempted to either see or listen to that are dishonoring to God, I want you to know, friends, be very cautious to not dabble in the darkness because it will compromise your witness for Christ. You may be able to say the, the words all well and good, but there will be a power that is absent from your life when you dabble in the darkness. For the scripture says that on that last day, there will be, and Jesus used this word, many who come to him and say, Lord, Lord, did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not do this miracle in your name? And so on and so forth. And for those people, Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. Why? Because his light was not resident in them, even though they were operating in proclaiming the message. God always honors his word, even when the messenger is not living the way that they're supposed to. My prayer for all of us is that we'll allow the spotlight of the Spirit of God to shine right into every corner and not hide anything. And my friend, when you allow that, there is a courage that is going to rise in your heart because you will recognize you indeed have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And let's not dabble in the darkness because then our heart will not be fully opposed to the darkness. But when we have made a commitment to follow after Jesus Christ with all of our heart, then God is going to demonstrate signs, and wonders that are going to follow those that believe.